Today we are talking to Adrian Brown, a candidate for the Multnomah County Circuit Court judge position that is open. Adrian has two decades of legal experience and has spent 12 years as an assistant U.S. attorney of Oregon. Adrian is also an Air Force veteran. In November, voters in Multnomah County will choose between Adrian and Rima Gandor, a civil law attorney. So this morning we're going to talk with Adrian Brown. Thanks for joining us, Adrian. Thank you so much for having me. Glad that you are here. It has been about six months since we've connected. How are you? Yes, indeed. Yes, I really enjoyed our interview over the primary race, and I'm happy to be back. I'm doing well. We're in the home stretch. Uh, you know, the ballots drop next week, so we are um, very excited to uh, get things on their way and move forward with the work that needs to be done. So what have you learned about this community through your campaign? So what I have learned, uh, part, part, partly is not a surprise, is that Portlanders and, in fact, Multnomah County is engaged in local politics and is very interested in what's going on. And even despite the barriers from COVID, the fires, crisis after crisis, um, obviously the concern we have in justice reform Despite all of that, people are interested, and I have experienced that through our you know, new Zoom era of house parties. I've been very grateful to the volunteers and people on my campaign to help me increase my circles. And that is people want to know, why, why should we care about this race? Why does this race matter? And how do I know who to vote for for judge? This is such a rare opportunity for individuals. And so I am so happy to be able to bring that information to voters because it is important to be aware of who's on the ballot and what they stand for. And I believe this is such an opportunity to uh, use these moments of crisis to help people understand why this matters. Mm. Mm. And so why does this race matter? So this race matters because of everything that's being thrust before the courts right now are the things that we are seeing happen directly on our streets whether it's policing practices, homelessness, veterans issues, access to health care, all of these things are met at their head in our local courts. Mm -hmm. And so it is so important for voters because they have an opportunity to choose to know who they're voting for. I bring experience on those issues that have been thrust before the courts on a daily basis. I have worked on civil rights systemic reform for the past 10 years, and I also have experience doing criminal trials for over eight years, working on felony trials on the same issues that the courts see on a daily basis. And so it matters because we need to have someone that comes into the bench that can do the work of the court, all of the work of the court from day one, and that's me. And this is a unique time where we've had this intersection between the crisis and the backlog of COVID, as well as the issues presenting themselves through the racial justice reform and underlying all of that, even before we had COVID and before the upswell, we had the issues of mental health care, access to services, the problems we see on our streets with homelessness uh, and houselessness. My husband and I just recently volunteered for SOLVE to help pick up uh, green spaces and public spaces downtown. And it was 
maybe it shouldn't have been a shock, but it, it was stomach turning to me to see uh, the most trash that I found were used hypodermic needles. Mm. And th- I only provide that as an example to show the complexity of these issues, mm-hmm. that the is- intersection of addiction, mental health, homelessness uh, is, is thrust before the courts. And, and that's where and why this local judicial race matters. Mm. You know, my worldview comes from a different a different sector, from the nonprofit sector. So when I hear you sort of uh, you know outline some of the issues that are coming to the courts around homelessness, addiction, you know, I quickly think about how different sectors interact with different communities who are struggling, who are marginalized. Is it unusual, or is there another path, or is there a comparison to other communities? where some of the most pressing issues that our community faces, which could be, I know, better addressed through social work or nonprofit services, are are there comparisons where communities are doing it differently, where those who are most marginalized aren't showing up in the courts but might be supported in other ways? Absolutely, absolutely. And and I'm very glad you brought up that perspective because that is is part of the how why this race matters and how a judge can be involved outside of the court Mm. so i totally agree with you emily that when you go upstream and you see that the reason why people are being involved with the justice system whether it's through police interaction or through self-representation of of issues that are that are brought whether it's domestic violence landlord tenant issues credit issues whatever it may be but that brings them to court. If you go upstream a little bit, usually you will find that those individuals simply didn't receive the services. I shouldn't say simply because it's not simple, but those individuals didn't receive services on the front end and therefore they ended up in crisis in some way that led them to the courts. Hmm. And I think that it is vitally important that we look at social services as a way to help ensure there is a safety net to catch individuals that are in crisis before it gets so far downstream that they end up in a really traumatic situation for most people coming to court. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the way judges can help and what I can bring to bear in this in this work is, is I have brought a lot of work in my role as civil rights coordinator in working with community, working with nonprofits, getting out into the community and asking what are the needs and how can we help bring people together to meet those needs? So while judges can't be advocates for any particular um, uh, substantive issue, they can be advocates for access to justice and they can be advocates for mentoring and bringing parties together and bringing people together. And that is the work of the court outside of the four corners of the courtroom. So from eight to five, certainly, the role of a judge needs to be to get the work of the court done to help parties move forward that are before her. And, and indeed, even after hours, judges are woke up <laughs> to sign warrants or whatever it may be that they need to handle when they're on call. But even beyond that, I'm talking about work in the community, getting out you know, after hours on the weekends and being involved and listening, hearing what the community needs. And that way, we can help bring parties together, whether it's, whether it's people that hold the purse strings, such as uh, folks in the county or state legislators or um, community nonprofits, as you mentioned, um, mm-hmm. schools, families, and just helping to bring those conversations. Because I think one of the things that we are so sorely missing 
in this time and which I hope we have found a little bit more of actually through COVID-19 is community, is really investing in community. And that means everyone from your next door neighbor to um, the public schools and our libraries and our nonprofits. And so I think that's a place where judges can serve and help bringing community together. Mm. For those who might not be familiar, where does the circuit court fit into the sort of the uh, the landscape of the judicial judicial system? Sure. Yeah, it, and it's a very good question. And it's a question actually I've heard a lot um, from the different forums I participated in, as well as from my uh, Zoom parties that many volunteers have hosted for me. And that is because people aren't used to seeing a judicial race on the ballot, at least one that's that's contested or that's an open seat. And so the, where the court fits, first of all, just physically, um, the new courthouse just recently opened on First Avenue. And uh, it's it's I think it's important for people to even know where the court is and how to get access to it. I think the other part of it is um, the work of the court. So the work of a circuit court judge here in Multnomah County is typically that of a generalist. Uh, the presiding judge uh, right now, who is Stephen Bouchong, will assign the cases out to the judges uh, as they come in and as the needs of the court arise for uh, whether it's a criminal case or a civil case. Uh, there is There are more specialty judges that focus on family and juvenile and probate law. And the rest of the judges are typically generalists, and that's why it's so important for judges to have a broad background. Uh, I bring unmatched experience in this race because I have served on both sides of the criminal bar and both sides of the civil bar. Uh, this is it's, this is unmatched. There is not a judge that has the broad range of experience, and there certainly is no judge on the bench that comes from being the civil rights coordinator and working on civil rights reform at the government level. So I am so excited to bring all that experience to bear and to work on whatever the court needs me to do. Got it. And I'm guessing that you will also need to build a team around you should you be elected to this position. How big of a team do you uh, have mm -hmm. as a circuit court judge to support you in addressing each of the cases that comes your way? Yeah, it's, it's pretty small. Um, so uh, judges in, in, in the circuit court typically have a um, judicial clerk um, or an administrative clerk, and uh, that's about it. Now, certainly the court system as a whole um, has a range of support staff in the clerk's office that help people who are coming to file cases. But once it's actually in your courtroom and it's your case, it's usually you and one other person. Um, the court's a very fast-moving court, and so this is another reason why it's so important for a judge to come in with broad experience, because you are gonna be al alone a lot of the time making decisions that not only need to be made quickly, but need to be made competently, and need to be made looking at all sides of the system. So I think it's very important for a judge to have experience not only work, working in civil litigation and, and working with the communities that certainly connect in civil litigation, but having a judge that has also worked uh, in law enforcement and knows what, what happens to bring a case to trial, I think that's also important to know that background as well. And because you're making those decisions and it's so important to bring the humanity 
from both of those sides into the decisions that you're making. Mm. Um, it is a small team, uh, there's there, there, but there is very impactful work happening on a daily basis that comes out of the circuit court. The decisions that come out of the court at the circuit court level are, are maybe appealed up to the Oregon Court of Appeals and then to the Oregon Supreme Court. So the circuit court is the trial court level. Got it. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, and so as you've shared, you have a broad experience that you would bring to the bench. How do you approach continuing to expand your understanding of individuals who hold different identities and life experiences than you and, and address bias that you might hold? Absolutely. That's a fantastic question. And I think one that uh, we all, all of us must pay attention to. Uh, we all bring biases to, to our experiences. And some of that is our biases maybe we may be aware of, and some of them are biases we are not aware of. Mm-hmm. And it is so important for us as, as human beings, and, and judges are, are not no different. They're still humans when, when they are on the bench, uh, to continue to be mindful of that and to continue to be willing to educate yourself on bias, on implicit bias, and and on perspectives from other individuals. So the way that I think a judge can do this you know, continually is by engaging in conversations outside of the four corners of her courtroom. And it's going out and listening to the community. One of the um, most inspirational uh, judges that I have seen uh, are, you know, Justice Justice Adrian Nelson and Judge Waller did some listening sessions. And they went out into the community. This is when um, Judge Nelson was on the circuit court trial level. And they went out in the community and asked to hear what were the experiences of people. And I feel that that is something that needs to be done more. Uh, we need to be able to be willing to listen and then take what we hear and bring it back and make change. And, and another way is just making your courtroom a welcoming environment court is already stressful enough. So to the extent that you can make sure that people know that they are going to be treated as human beings when they come in your courtroom, I think it's important asking lawyers, asking parties what their preferred pronouns are, for example, mm-hmm. is just one way that a judge can show that he or she cares about how an individual wants to be addressed. I think it's also important for judges to address implicit bias with jurors. And there, certainly there is a way that that can be done uh, that that still um, meets both of the parties' needs to ensure a fair trial. Uh, one of the projects that Justice Nelson has recently led is a, a video uh, which would be shown to jurors to help them even be aware that implicit bias exists and how it can impact our decisions. Mm. So it's like everything else in our world, it's, it's continuing to be willing to educate yourself, willing to be a listener and a learner, and then using that information to make change. Mm. And you just outlined some of the individual actions that you can take uh, to make your courtroom more welcoming, to inform yourself, to, to continue to evolve your skills and talents as a judge. What sort of influence and power do you have as a circuit court judge to address systemic oppression that's happening through the justice system? Like, how can you as a judge, and, and maybe you can't, but how can you change ways that the system works so that it's not as welcoming and accessible to those who have been mar- historically marginalized? 
sure. So I think I think the the power is not so much from an individual judge, mm-hmm. but it's from working with working with your allies from within, mm-hmm. and helping to bring people along. Uh, so one of the things that I did when I started at the U.S. Attorney's Office was uh, a civil rights case that involved a woman who was uh, going to lose her house over uh, some discrimination from her landlord. And that individual case in and of itself sparked a fire under me to say, how is our office handling these cases? And I Mm. saw that it was pretty much on an ad hoc basis. There was no institutional structure for that work. And that's what spurred me to go and learn and listen about how other offices might be handling this, and I then created the civil rights coordinator position as a result. I then took that opportunity to build a practice which met with the approval under um, President Obama's Assistant Attorney General for Civil Rights, uh, Tom Perez, and he asked me to come to D.C. and build that type of work through other U.S. Attorney's offices. Mm. And I use that as an example by way of showing how I proceed to build allies from within and how to push change from within. Mm -hmm. We can certainly um, think that it's someone else's job or someone else higher on the food chain, you know, and and an institutional structure should deal with it, Mm -hmm. or that if people don't do it my way, then then we can't do it at all. But I have found that the more that you're willing to seek new and creative ways to build allies and to push from within in a way that helps understand why that's important for the structure is what's going to bring people along. And that's what I hope to do as a circuit court judge. Look, I have no illusions that I will come in on day one and Adrian Brown is going to, you know, change the way the judiciary works. Mm -hmm. What I do know is I already have a lot of mentors on the bench and I look forward to working with them and understanding the system better and then using that knowledge and those relationships to help build change. Systemic reform is is not a uh, one-off project. Mm-hmm. One of the things I learned very early on from one of the most humbling cases I ever worked on involving policing reform was you have to continually go back and ask people for input. And it may not always be the input that you want. <laughs> uh, and you have to be willing to take that uh, and, and, and be able to evolve, but it's the constant evolution of, of a system that's important. And so I think one of the things that is certainly well overdue is just taking a raw look at our system. There was, there was some of this done uh, from the MacArthur uh, Foundation, which looked at Multnomah County systemically and how the justice system works. And judges were, were, <laughs> were not spared anything. I mean, that judges were part of the problem, certainly, and, and disproportionate um, impacts coming out of the justice system. But I think the justice system in and of itself of the courts and the judiciary uh, needs a hard look as well. And so to the extent that I can bring th- my experience to bear and help people from within understand how that can work and why that can be beneficial, I look forward to doing so. Mm. What do you have to say to voters who do not trust the legal system right now? Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, so I, I would say uh, I, I, I hear you and I want to understand why you don't trust the legal system, first of all, as, as, a, as a, again, as a judge, as an elected uh, official, um, you know, which judges are, uh, we have to run for office every six years. I think it's important to continue to be 
listening to the community and seeking voices that maybe you don't always hear from. And then I would say, um, if you don't trust the system, can you help me know how to make it better? Mm. And many people are not going to you know, necessarily come to you for that uh, input. You need to go out to them. I think oftentimes our systems expect people to tell us what to do better when in fact we need to be asking and being in the community. Um, the judiciary is, you know, we're, we're the third branch of government. We're often the last stop for individuals. And so I think it's extremely important to have judges on the bench that are aware of their significant role, not just in the courtroom, but in the community as well. And that if there are problems, that we are willing to take a hard look at a way to fix them. And that sometimes will take some courage because you have to speak up and you may not be making the most popular decision, but it's the speaking up and standing up for the community and at the same time, bringing your allies along. It's one of the most inspirational aspects of, of Justice Ginsburg, uh, you know, just career as a, as a jurist was her desire and interest to bring everybody along with her. That was sort of, in her mind, the essence of a true leader. And, and I, I hold that uh, dear to, to my values as well. Mm. And, and what does that look like? I mean, as you, as you think about staying informed, staying connected to the community, you would be in a position that, that puts, puts both physical and sort of power differentials in place mm-hmm. that make you potentially an intimidating figure. So it's not enough to have just an open door because that still puts the onus on the community to walk through that door and access you and help, you know, help inform you. So what does it look like to get out in the community and really listen from your perspective. Sure. So I think I think some of it is is certainly volunteer work that judges can do. One of the one of the most um, inspiring uh, volunteer work I have done uh, in the past decade has been working for um, volunteering for Smart Start Making a Reader Today, mm-hmm. and that's where you're out in the community working one on one, just reading to children helping children just enjoy the the power and the fun of reading and just being a figure like that just coming like i mentioned coming off the bench coming down coming into the community sitting down at a school desk with a child and seeing having other volunteers around you see that as a judge you're you're willing to do that it's the kind of thing that will bring trust into the community Um, so i think part of it is is getting out of the legal, volunteering outside the legal realm. There are many ways judges can be mentors and and volunteer on boards, uh, but I think it's also important to just be an individual volunteer. You know, getting our hands dirty, picking up trash. You know, with a with an agency that's that's working on on helping to better our systems in ways that are outside of the courtroom. You know, that that stuff that's that's upstream that needs also needs the community's support. Uh, so I think it can take a, take many different uh, shapes, but I think the important thing is to foster an environment where that is valued. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say I am so um, uh, grateful that I have worked in an environment where uh, we have valued volunteer work. Our U.S. attorney really wanted us to go out and be smart volunteers. And in fact, 
when I worked on the Lawyers for Literacy campaign uh, uh, on their steering committee, I helped bring in 13 new volunteers to SMART just from the federal courthouse family, not just prosecutors, defense attorneys as well. And that kind of, of, of spirit of being in the community and knowing that even though we're public servants, we also still want to continue to give back to the public um, uh, to the nonprofits and to the uh, advocacy organizations that are out there to the extent that we can. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's, that's the kind of things I think that, that judges can do as well, um, is, is getting out. I think it's important to be a mentor as well. I know there's a lot of uh, work that's done, great work that's done to mentor high school students in mock trial um, and, and constitution teams. I think that's important as well. So there's not one way to do it. Uh, but I think the idea is being in the community, showing parents and neighbors and uh, just the public that regardless of what I do as a job, we're all still humans and we all still deserve to be treated uh, like humans. And the best way to stay connected to that is to be with other humans. <laughs> I love that. And it makes me long for those moments of, of smart reading and in-person yes. volunteering that <laughs> that have yes. shifted uh, with COVID. Oh, me too. Yes. Me too. So, Adrian, as you mentioned, ballots are going to be dropping next week. Folks are going to see two names on the ballot. Why should they vote for Adrian Brown? Yes, vote for Adrian uh, because I bring unmatched experience in this race across the board. And I'm not talking just civil, just criminal, just one side or the other all the sides of the justice system I have worked on in substantive litigation in the community and representing individuals. I, I also would say don't take my don't take just my word for it. So if you go to my website, which is just adrianforjudge.com, you will see the broad range of community endorsements I bring to bear. Um, I uh, you know have a couple of, of sort of uh, bookends of, of endorsers I think show uh, that I can be um, respected on all sides of the community. So I have endorsers from Joanne Hardesty, our city commissioner, to law enforcement uh, officials in the community from, uh, I think one of the best ways I like to describe it is, you know, Ethan Knight and Mike Schmidt ran a very tough uh, DA's race. And um, uh, the one thing I can say they agree upon is that I should be judge. Uh-huh. I have both of their endorsements, <laughs> and I am I am very proud of the fact that both of them, despite having very different views maybe on how the criminal justice system should work, they both have seen me as someone that brings community together and that will listen to all sides. And so I look forward to bringing that type of temperament to the bench. So I encourage everyone, if you haven't yet looked at my website, adrianforjudge.com look at my endorsers see what they say about me don't just take my word for it um take the community's word for it excellent adrian brown thank you so much for joining us this morning thank you i really enjoyed it